Alright, welcome to uh, episode 6 of Record Night. Where we take a record off of the shelf, show it to each other, and we talk about it. It's part reaction, part review, part just buds hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And tonight we've got Richard Dawson's... What's 2020. 2020 and Swan's Leaving Meaning. So, Which this came out in 2019. Yours came out in 2020, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, um, if I remember correctly, is this the record you said you're going to test me on? Like, you're testing me? Uh, I thought so. Uh-huh. Um, Do you still think so? Less so. Okay. I, I'm not super stoked about this being the first Swans I show you, uh-huh. which doesn't say it's a bad album. Yeah, oh, sure, sure. But uh, they have previous albums, The Seer, uh, To Be Kind, yeah. and the glowing man which are like those were revelations in my music listening thing like it's just like my brain got completely rewired by those albums and then this one is like it's kind of a new step for swans um it's a cool listen it might i think it does still have a little bit of the there's gonna be stuff on here that maybe tests you or at least you might laugh at it and be like ryan this is kind of stupid (laughs) (laughs) and i'll be like no no no, it's cool michael g is cool (laughs) So, uh, I'm pretty new to Richard Dawson. Um, I had a friend actually recommend this one. Uh-huh. I kind of avoided it because Pitchfork was like, best in music. I'm like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I, I tend to, if people are talking about something, I'll at least check it yeah. out. Um, but I, yeah. I don't know how to describe this one. Mm-hmm. Um, his previous record called Pe- Peasant, which is like neo-medieval, like, like, like stuff like, like, like folk songs from the medieval times with kings and uh, cool. and this has nothing to do with that but um so he's just kind of all over the yeah. place that yeah. seems cool so here i want you to do i want you to go behind you in the, in the mini fridge and go to the farthest left middle shelf and pick out two of the same kind okay will do yeah uh we should preface this this is our uh, yeah, this is kind of our new year's episode yeah yeah it kind of is yeah it will be released around that time and all that other shit. Oh, I, th- I thought we were just going to pretend we're recording this New Year's week. Oh, not, yeah. <laughs> three weeks early. Yeah. All right, excuse me, kitty cat. Yeah. So middle shelf, middle far shelf, left. Far left. Those two, yeah. Sounds good. So, yeah. So this is Shiner Seasonal for holiday cheer. Oh, they're cheer. different colors. Yeah, it was the same same taste. Um, but uh, it's like a... Yeah. So have you ever had this before? Oh, which one do I... I think uh, I want the white one. Okay, you want that the white one? Seasonal. I have not. I was actually... Um, Today was supposed to be my day to bring the beer, and but, guess what I was planning on bringing? What? The thing you were currently holding in Oh, your is that shit? Is yeah. that so? All right. Because <laughs> yeah. I went to the... Uh, I only had three of these, because I drank quite a few since I got Actually, it. Actually, you know what? It, you know why I thought to grab it? Why is that? Because I was listening to your other podcast, <laughs> and you mentioned it to Neil, <laughs> oh. and I was like, oh, fuck, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So it's got uh, peaches and walnut. Right. Peaches. That's what it says, at least. That might not be the most. Uh, I want you to use thing. your uh, beautiful voice and read the back of the bottle here. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> Tis the season for cheer. Happy holidays from the little brewery in Shiner, Texas. We hope you enjoy your Shiner cheer, an old world Dunkelweizen brewed with Texas peaches and roasted pecans. Not walnuts, pecans, yeah. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, I said walnuts. All oh. time. <laughs> uh, the malty flavors of this dark wheat flavored ale are enhanced through the use of malted barley and wheat. And Krausening ensures a smoothness that makes the subtle peach and pecan flavors all the more satisfying. May your days be merry and bright and your shiner be cold. Oh, I'll give to someone you love. Oh, oh I'll give well, you one. Cool. Oh, is this a twist off? Yeah, it's a twist off. All Shiner is. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I do the same thing, man. Like I put my sleeve over my hand because then I've had to tear my hand. Oh, I got, off. dude. I have the babiest hands. <laughs> I could, I could work with my hands. 
uh, nonstop, and they'd still be soft enough that like tissue paper could <laughs> eat through it. All right, well, let's try this yeah, out. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Shiner, please sponsor us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd love to have just a case of Shiner show at my house one day. It's mm. it's it's a very oh that's good. It's not it's not like super like fruity either. It's like a it's like a hint of taste. It's a subtle taste. You, you almost get. This is gonna sound super pretentious. You get like the mouth feel of eating like a peach or yeah. a nectarine or yeah, something yeah, like that, that. Yeah, yeah. or like a like a dried peach. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had one of those, sure, or dried nectarine, something like that. Like you get that little bit of uh, mouth feel, but it doesn't taste like peaches. No, it's it just feels like <laughs> peaches. I can eat peach for hours. Mm-hmm. Julian, <laughs> Julian, I'm your peach. Oh man, I love Face Off. Yeah, dude, like. It's it's the crazy like people don't appreciate how crazy Nick Nick Cage's performance is because the time they thought he was just being weird but that's the way he acts all the time. Yeah, he said his acting style is supposed to be a combination between like silent film acting mm-hmm. and like talky acting, which is why it's so weird and over the top is because he's acting as though the movie is a silent movie. I wouldn't for Nick Cage to come out the spoken word album. <laughs> oh my god. Like now, I, I want to know like what he would read. Would it be like original yeah. work, or would he be like, "Here's a list of my favorite." Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, uh, here's my favorite Billy Corgan lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> um, or a passage from a book by David Franzen or something like that. Like just something like he's like, "These are things I like, and I want to read them." <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe a Superman comic out loud. <laughs> You've seen that picture of him in a Superman costume, right? Oh, yeah. Dude loves Yeah, he was uh, he, he wanted to be Superman. And... Didn't he name his son Cal? Yeah, Cal. Like, Cal L. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Good for him, I guess, right? Yeah. Living the dream. Yeah, I mean... He it's... was in Mandy and I wasn't. He's, <laughs> in a, he's in an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation and I'm not. Yeah. Have you seen the Battle Lieutenant Porter called New Orleans? Uh-uh. Which one? The, the original? The Werner the Herzog second. one? Is the it Werner Herzog? Yeah, Werner Herzog actually directed the second one. Okay, cool. But he claims he didn't know about the first one. Like, like he's like, "How do you do a remake no, without Werner knowing?" Herzog, oh, sorry, it's always full of shit. <laughs> like, for example, um, he uh, someone asked him about he asked Werner Herzog because it's Werner Herzog. What do you think about the films of Danny Boyle? And he's like, and he goes, "I don't know who she is or what she's done." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but have you seen the Mandalorian yet? Uh, Fuck me. Uh, have you seen the Mandalorian yet? Nope. I'm bad at. I'm just awful at watching TV shows okay. in general. Um, I'm sure you've seen Baby Yoda then, though. I have seen Baby Yoda. Uh, it's basically Gizmo. Like, like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have Gremlins with me actually. Uh, just with you, just now. <laughs> well, I. It's one of the best holiday films. Yeah, and Gremlins too. It might be the best sequel. Oh yeah, it's yeah, up yeah. there. Like I think it's up there with T two oh, as yeah. far as like just insane sequels yeah. that are really good. Yeah, T two I think is better than T one, right? I think so. Okay. Some T2. people would say Aliens is better, and I used to subscribe to that, but I think I think Alien might be better than Aliens. Yeah. So uh, sorry, music. Let's uh, talk about. I'm about music. to talk about music. <laughs> Mentioning Terminator two. When I was in Dallas, there was a local band that named themselves Terminator two. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, that's like the best name ever, but I can't take it seriously anymore either. Yeah, but at least you know they have good taste, so their music might be pretty good. Right. You're right. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Swans yeah, a little bit. Yeah, give me a little bit of history on Swans. I mean, they've been around since 83? Uh, 82. 82, okay. And they originally started off kind of in like the New York no-wave scene. Okay, gotcha. Which is... Like, what's like television? It's, and then, um... No, it's like... Uh, 
avant-garde mm-hmm. but has a lot more with it's it's weird because it's like heavy dissonant noisy uh atonal abrasive confrontational it sounds like it's very punk okay when you talk about it but it's reacting against that's punk. That, yeah because like uh, there's punk then new wave which is punk dressed up in bow tie right and then we have no wave which is rebelling against new wave right because uh, it's rebelling against punk, punk. and new wave i yeah. guess because they're uh i guess yeah no wave would make it new wave because it started to get a little bit like too commercialized it started to pick up too much stuff from rock and roll and they're like no i blame the clash by the way yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they sold out. Yeah. They went to CBS. They released a great record, but everyone's like, what the fuck? This is not. Did you ever listen to their last album? No, I didn't. They don't, they don't even acknowledge it, but The Clash like broke up mm-hmm. and then made another album afterwards, and it's bad. Oh, it's garbage. Dude, it is dog shit. so bad. <laughs> like, not like the songs are just like, what the hell were you yeah. thinking? So, okay. So back to Swans. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> They've gone through a bunch of, like, lineup changes mm-hmm. and sound changes. Mm-hmm. And their original No Wave stuff only lasted, like, two or three albums. Okay. And that stuff is insane. Um, is it listenable? I think it's listenable. It's okay. very listenable. But it is just so, like, aggro and abrasive. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people would say it's, like, the original, like, sludge metal. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, there's no, like, real, like, groove or metal thing. It's, like, I think it's two bass players. Uh-huh. Uh, a drummer, some tape loops playing in the background, <laughs> nice. and a guy literally whipping a piece of metal around. Nice. Um, and then the lyrics are all just super, like, uh, it's all about, like, power and masculinity and just, like, like some of the songs are just like, I'm fucking strong, I'm gonna beat the shit out of Dude you. Dude cock or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all just crazy. Like, it, I think he's being satirical, but oh, it's yeah, like yeah. he's living in just this, like, just power... So space and it's just like, ugh, what's the what's the, what's the main guy's name? Michael Jira, and he's been the only constant member. Yeah, for a while they oh. had Jarbo in the band. Okay, um, which is this? Uh, she's a synth player, and I think she's like classically trained. Uh-huh. But then trying to fit in with Swan's music, she kind of changed how she did stuff, and that was kind of more their eighties nineties period. Yeah. So after the new the no wave stuff, they started to mellow out a little bit. Kinda they focus more they're almost like industrial post-punky okay. Okay. sound they've released so many freaking albums yeah um some of their notable stuff from there is an album they've got like uh white light from the mouth of infinity they have uh i think it's called holy children i can look it up when it, um, when it comes to swans how influential do you think they are to the music you listen to today uh i would say the no wave stuff is really influential on like some of the heavier metal stuff I listen to. Sure, yeah. Because uh, a lot of the doom metal mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like it's a lot of it feels like it's equal parts uh, Black Sabbath and early Swans yeah. just kind of mashed together. Okay. Um, but they had an album called Soundtracks for the Blind mm-hmm. that it was a really interesting recording process where over two years... Uh, Michael Giro just kind of collected like live stuff and jams that they did. Yeah, and Frankensteined an album out of it. Jesus, and fuck. I don't, I don't mean like he took a song from here and a song from here yeah. and like put them in order. Yeah, he took like this part of a song and added it to this part of a song. God damn, and just cobbled this thing together. I guess it took him a really long time to do, and it came without 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 um, let's say you didn't know the process of that record. Mm-hmm. What would you think of it? Like just hearing it, it's good. Oh it's, yeah. 
even in the context of swans, it's yeah. weird. Like <laughs> yeah. they've got some like post rock in there. They probably have one of like the best post rock songs Ever, called yeah. "The Sound." Okay, and it's really cool. Uh, just the album itself is really interesting. It's got like some ambient stuff. It's got sure. some electronic stuff. It's it's all really good. They have the best live album name called "Public Castration" is a good idea. Shit. <laughs> it's like that's the name of the album. Yeah. It's just plastered on the cover. And you're like, oh sure, I'll buy this. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of that's kind of the vibe you're gonna get from Swans. Okay, I'm, I'm really... even even a little bit on here. Um, and then they move. They went on a hiatus and came back to what, like, which is my favorite phase of Swans. Okay, it started with uh, "My Father Will Guide Me Up a Rope to the Sky," uh-huh. which is pretty good. You kind of see the the nuggets of what's gonna come up mm-hmm. afterwards in the next three albums. Then you get the Seer, which is crazy. It's good. Like it's it's super long. Yeah. Uh, it has some really long songs on it, but they're all they're all pretty like crushingly heavy. Um, but it's not like metal or anything like that. Yeah. It's it, it all feels very like primal. Okay. It's really weird. There's like, some weight to it. Yeah. yeah. It, it they just they feel like they're almost like beyond mm-hmm. the music. Like it's just like a bunch of people playing at a hundred percent, but they're not playing like virtuosically. It's like they're just into it almost okay. like it's like a ritualistic thing yeah 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 um then you get my favorite which is to be kind okay which is kind of more of the same from the seer but they're like let's be heavier <laughs> and it's just like fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's got some really cool stuff it's got a 30 minute long song on it that's really cool this one doesn't quite get that long um it gets close i know it's, a, it's an hour and a half of this record right? this last album's <laughs> pretty long uh, then you get to the Glowing Man, which is their last one before this. Okay. Um, which you could kind of tell at that point the band was not running out of ideas, but they were kind of starting to reach their logical conclusion. Yeah. In that iteration, because part of what they did was I think three songs on the album were based on jams that they did live of other songs. So it's like, oh, this song has this section. Well, while we were touring this for three years, we changed it up, yeah. and we thought it was so different. That we just now we we're showing what this changes on this album and we're calling it a new song. So, uh, in regards to the last record and this record, does this sound like it has new ideas? Yes. Okay. And well, the way they did that is that band broke up. That iteration, that iteration of the band. Okay. okay. And then Michael Jira is like, cool. Well, this one is a collaboration album, so it's him and all of these people. Jesus. Uh, there are. Let's see. One, two, three, four. 26 or so people on this that he's collaborating with. Okay. I think. That seems about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe close to 30. Well, how many in a row? It's, what's four times eight? That's 20, yeah, you're right. 28, isn't it? That was not 32? Yeah, 32 it is. 32 people. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm a, Oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. I'm a history major <laughs> and a Spanish major. I'm not a math major. Um, So this one is like a collaboration. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. And one thing I've noticed listening to this, um, if you want to see something cool, I guess what Michael Jira had done before is he would record kind of like scratch demos. Where sure. Like, this is what I want the song. Uh-huh. Like, here's kind of a basic outline of the song. Mm-hmm. And then when he fed it through his band, it came out completely different. Oh, that's awesome. So there's an EP called Oxygen mm-hmm. that is, I think it's three separate versions of the song Oxygen. Mm-hmm. And it's like the demo version, a live version, and then the real version. Wow. That's fucking and crazy. they are so different from each other. Um, 
they're so different from each other uh, that it's crazy. Like the final version that ended up on the album. This one sounds like they stuck closer to the demos. Yeah. Which I like the demos. Sure. They're good, but they're completely different. Um, so I think that's that's more so what you're going to get on this one. But I'm looking at all age groups in this in this photo of uh yeah. of, of all Bunch the collaborators. Of people, uh, they all kind of add their own little interesting flair to it. I think for the most part, the only thing Michael Jr. did on most of it was uh, vocals and guitar. So yeah. anything beyond that is going to be the other people. Well, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, so one thing to look forward to on the lyrics for this, like Michael Jira tends to kind of stay in the same realm for a lot of his lyrics. Mm. He talks about sacrifice, talks about religion. <laughs> he talks about transcendence, sex, death. Okay. It's like those five or six things that kind of, they've weaved themselves through <laughs> every Swans album at some point. So when it comes to Swans and lyrics, uh, are they important to Swan's music, you think? I think so. Okay. I think he says some pretty cool stuff. Um, and I think one thing you'll see, I'm trying to remember if he does it too much on this album, is he commits just 100% to singing. Okay. Which means, like, he'll be yelling. There's certain parts. Uh, like, I, I was texting a friend of mine while I was listening through uh, To Be Kind the other day. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, I just wanted to listen to this cool song and this motherfucker is barking at him. <laughs> like he'll just literally start barking he will mess around with how he says things he'll put on weird voices but it's like he is in it so he doesn't hold back he he has zero inhibitions about okay how he that, sings. that's and that's something that you don't hear a lot no you hear a lot of people holding back and when they finally let go you get something interesting it's not always good but it's always interesting yeah and i think that's kind of where he sits he does have a good singing voice yeah, when sure. he's singing but it's like when he just hits the like he just goes crazy okay. and i love it like okay. at some point you'll need to hear the song oxygen which okay. i think that's like the perfect example of just him going crazy okay it's awesome all right uh, uh, but let's check this out this is leaving meaning by swans and we'll be back in about 10 seconds uh you can go on spotify listen to it or you can go to your local store pick it up Either way, we're fine with Yeah. So uh, see me in a few seconds. There'll be a playlist posted. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can do it that way. All right. We'll see you guys soon. So that was Swans Leaving Nothing, right? Yeah. What did you think of that one as your first introduction to Swans? So it is avant as fuck. <laughs> and this honestly is not as avant as they go. Oh, like, wow. Uh, at some point, I'm going to force either To Be Kind or The Seer onto you. Okay. And you're probably going to hate me for most of it. And then after we're done, you're going to be like, oh, that was cool. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) So this um, was interesting because, you know, you say Swans, the Swans band thing. You think sort of like like typical 4-4 time signature. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, I'm not saying they're crazy time signatures, but it's definitely not typical 4-4. You know? Yeah, I feel like the point isn't so much to be like virtuosic or show off. It's yeah. just like this is... Like the pulse. Yeah, the, there was the a pulse. Yeah, yeah. They're going I didn't through. think about that term. There's a pulse to a lot of these songs. and Yeah, because they're not really... I don't know. It's I can't really think, besides like the Hanging Man, yeah. of like a riff. Yeah. Like name right. a riff. Like just off the top of your head, can you remember any of them? <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, so, um, there, there is no single. <laughs> like, like, oh, there is actually. Oh, there is a single. What single there, is that? Uh, that was uh, It's Coming, It's Real. Okay. Which... I would say is probably the closest you'll get to a something single on this one. 
Yeah, which we'll talk about it when we get to that point. But yeah. that was released before the album. But okay. you're not going to hear any of these on the radio. Oh, never. I mean, unless like it's someone's like, hey, I mean, we're going to get you to turn off the station. Yeah, <laughs> not well, saying that's bad. It's just uh, it's. I feel like this works really well as a record. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like you're, you're not really listening to individual songs. No, on this. no. And, uh, uh, but all the songs in this are pretty long. Yeah, yeah. Too. I mean, besides uh, the opening track, hums. I think all the tracks are over five minutes. At oh, least. five minutes! Yeah, and five minutes is eternity when it comes to any sort of radio time. I mean, I think five and a half minutes is the shortest song. Yeah. So, um, there's also a sparseness of percussion in this record. Um, like, Which, well, at least not traditional percussion. Not like yeah. Like there's like you know like, but I want to say that every song has a a big element. You hear you know six or seven or eight people come together and creating this. N- Noise, sound, whatever you want to call it's it. It's all about it's all about layers on yeah. this one. Everyone's kind of like yeah, atmosphere and layers. They're all kind of building on top of each other. But that's kind of a sticking point with me for the album. Is on the previous albums, like they'd had some really cool drums, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Again, nothing crazy uh, complex, although there was some cool stuff. But it it, it all kind of like emphasized the pulse, mm-hmm. and I feel uh, like on this is you're kind of missing that percussive element yeah so let's start with the first song hum it's an intro right i'd say so it's only about two minutes it's kind of tape loopy it's, it's super it's super like like it sounds big but subdued you know like like it sort of it just starts up sort of bubbles up or i guess i i kind of is like radiating up to sound you know like yeah it this one sounds like a few tracks mm-hmm. on uh soundtracks for the blind yeah yeah just okay. some weird things that they picked up um I said, I said the there are sounds I want to make on my, <laughs> on my delaying loop pedal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this one kind of sounds just like an orchestra warming up. I do like that the, that intro to it, sort of like like bringing you into like okay, here we go, we're warming up. Like you said, yeah. that's a great way to think about it. And you do kind of you get that uh, this kind of loopy droney sound on the in the background of a lot of songs. Oh yeah, on this I, album. And a lot of people might not be turned on to that, but I thought it kept a. A general sense of unease in a cool way. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. This song's also just a great, like, drone song. Yeah. Like, it's only two minutes long, so it's shorter than typical drone songs. But it's yeah. like, yeah, if you want to, like, get into drone, this is kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> I really liked at one point, like, just this, like, ominous slide guitar comes in. Yeah, yeah. Once, just one time, it's like, <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck, it's happening. <laughs> which brings us into Anowin, right? Yeah. Which... This is sort of... Uh, so I have slow twinkling, almost sinister but sweet, and um, just there's something undercurring. Yeah. And I could not pinpoint Hilly's voice sound like it's the first time I'm hearing the song. And about halfway through the record, I'm like, oh, this sounds like liars. Like his voice sounds like he has a pretty liars vibe to him. Yeah, yeah. his voice. I was like, I was like, I found you with my sister. So I was yeah. thinking, yeah. So like, I was like, yeah, liars sister world. Like that's what's reminding me of. Obviously, this guy predates liars and all that stuff. So. I don't uh, know. Swans do, but this yeah. song, I mean, this album came out after. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, what is his voice in I'm like, is it Matt Berninger from The National? No, it's not that. It's the lead guy from Liars. It, he does, yeah, on some of his, like, lower singing songs. He's very liarsy. So, but, uh, yeah, Annalyn, uh, I get that it sounds kind of like a lullaby. Like, there's not a whole lot of percussion. Mm-hmm. There's a, a repeating line. You know, I felt like, I felt like, um... It was talking about a child, S.O., or just existence. I wrote down that line, where is the thought and thought is a box, which I thought was like, you know, you're trapping your, yourself in ways of doing things. Right. 
and this was sort of like like addressing that why do we do those things you know yeah i Um, think i mentioned it uh during the intro part that it was like all right with swans the lyric his themes that he talks about are sex and religion and sacrifice (laughs) and love and death and he hit all of those in the first (laughs) song on here where it's just like you're looking through it's like okay well that line's about sex that line's about religion. That line's about sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that, and I uh, I liked it. I liked the end line a lot. I thought it, you know it touched on religion, like you said it had mentioned Shade John of the Cross and uh, Buddha. Buddha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know it, he's oh there are a lot of bonehead rock bands, but Swans is not one of them, and no. that's that's immediately apparent with the with the lyrics. You know he's. He's touching a lot of things that he thinks about. Michael Michael Jira, Gira, Jira? I think it's Jira. Jira is. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And so uh I I I uh I was in from this song. Good. I felt like this one kinda had like a alt country, maybe like southern gothic vibe. Okay, yeah, I get that. And a lot of songs do. I think there's a lot that are kind of this singer songwriter kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's you get him playing guitar and singing and yeah. you get his collaborators kind of building cool layers in yeah. the background, um, which this album actually hit a very cool. Um, I had a specific mood not too long ago of like, I was reading a bunch of like Southern Gothic novels mm-hmm. and it's like, I wanted something kind of in that style. And Michael Jira has a side project called angels of light. Okay. That a cut. This sounds a lot like angels of light. Okay. Like if angels of light was to continue. It sounds like this. Okay. Um, but they kind of hit that southern gothic vibe that i was looking for so aniline and uh, it's coming it's real i think um gosh what else was on here maybe amnesia i can't quite remember this album's an hour and a half long yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> trying to remember what individual <laughs> songs sound like is hard um but those songs really hit that specific yeah. vibe i was looking for so i was i was pretty stoked when this album came out so the hanging man <laughs> that's the first grooving tune the hanging man yeah um and i know there was a point in the song where you looked at me to gauge my reaction. Uh, <laughs> it's some of the craziest shit Michael Jiro was doing with his voice. Like, uh, yeah, I told you he's a hundred percent in. I, 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 that's I go, what I meant. Uh, goes hard. That's what I said. Uh, I'm the hanging man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, I thought it was cool though. Like, like, like you said, he doesn't hold back. Like, if you no. want, if he finds a thread, he wants to tug it. And, um, exactly. This song actually sounds the most similar. To kind of those previous Swans albums, mm-hmm. which might be because Thor Harris, who was previously in the band, yeah. uh, is working with him on this. But this is kind of the general vibe of your, uh, like, To Be Kinds or your yeah. Sears. They're a little bit different, but this is like a section of one of those songs. The, the, what I thought was interesting about the song is about, I don't know, halfway through it, there is, I wrote, it goes on, um, Streamline of uh, Sonic Relief. As in that, like you get this pulse, pulse, and it finally breaks up a bit, or uh-huh. it, it was that you get that part where you finally nod your head. Not that I'm looking for that, but you can go like, okay, about half of the thing, man. You're like, okay, here we yeah, go. Yeah, I think that's about when the like the hi hat kicks in. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You just get like a little bit of hi hat in there, like, oh, there's the pulse. Okay. What I, I thought it. was interesting of the 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 healer in the song. He mentions the healer a lot. Yeah, and it it's I, I go it's horrible, brutal. Maybe it it lives in a realm. Where morality is not really even a concept, the healer, you know, right? Like, is it a is it a entity? Is it what is it? You know, like, and uh, I mean, is it a prison? Even like, like it's hard to say because when he says the healer, the healer does all these weird shit. Yeah, right? was it, it like kills a lamb? Yeah. 
It, uh, oh gosh, where is it, it on here? It holds your heart. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> like, heals wounds. Yeah. It hang, and then it hangs this man. It has red teeth. So yeah. I was thinking, well, the healer maybe is not even like a thing. Maybe it's a thing that doesn't have the concept of morality or what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, th- this whole song is, I mean, he's, it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I really like is it's got this like repetitive groove uh-huh. with the kind of like guitar and the bass and the drums. And boom, I can't even do it now. It's like, as I say it out loud, I forget what it sounds like. Um, but like different elements kind of like start to like drip in and it'll be like something will be happening. It's all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's some marimba. Here's some uh, slide guitar. Yeah. Here's a little bit of hammered dulcimer. Like, yeah. just little things show up for, like, a little bit. Yeah, just for a second. And, like, they just kind of drift in and out. Um, and then you got Jira, where it's, like, the way he's singing. Like, he also, he gets, he's moaning a lot in this song. Yeah, yeah. you just have no idea what he is going to do with the next <laughs> line. Like, I'm reading the lyric before he says it, and in my mind, I'm like, I have no idea how, yeah, the, yeah. how he's going to deliver yeah, there's, this line. There's, there's a few songs in here that, that I feel like could be, like, companion piece to another song here, because it's the same sort of dichotomy but the this doesn't have that necessarily this Mm-mm. hangman it i kind of feel like if there were a single for this record i guess that would be it maybe although i feel like it's not at all representative oh, of no, what most of this no, album sounds like no. it kind of it stands alone yeah it's a little, a little bit of red hair it's the, yeah it's the cheese of the album because <laughs> the cheese stands alone um so we go into amnesia oh hold on let me finish oh, up sure, on this sure. one so um the lyrics are kind of about like mysticism and they've got like this kind of ritualistic sounding music. Oh, like yeah, it's well, almost like you're getting a peek into like just some weird ceremony and or a something. Peek into like later that. songs on this record too. Yeah. yeah. And then he just starts to go crazy near the end of like he's going crazy throughout most of it. Like near the end of the song, like it feels like he's like speaking in, in tongues. Oh yeah, because like the, I have I think I have yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. And then he he just keeps on doing it and the the first time you looked at me when it happened, you're like, "Is he gonna laugh? What's he gonna do?" <laughs> well, it was mostly like me going, "Like, this is what I mean," <laughs> <laughs> committing a hundred percent. Yeah, it just feels like you're getting just kind of this inside look into just some ceremony that you should not be seeing. Uh, you're like, I, I, I don't belong here. I'm gonna go home, get my car, and just see, like, what the fuck did I even come out? Yeah, it's for? like you, you open the wrong door at the community <laughs> center. <laughs> And you're just like, oh shit! I just saw sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we move on to amnesia, also called leaving memory, leaving uh, meaning, right? Like that's why I got. No, it's just okay. amnesia. Okay, and heard... leaving meaning is after it. But, okay. Uh, yeah, amnesia. So it starts out pretty accessible with the Spanish influence and the guitar, you mm-hmm. know, sort of like, uh, and then and then when the chorus comes. Everyone comes in. Right, which the chorus is just saying the word amnesia. Yeah, you can barely hear it because all the shit that's going on. Yeah, um, and he only says amnesia once. Yeah. So it's not like he's just saying it over and over again. It's just like amnesia, amnesia. and it's just like built up, and it's really cool. The guitar kind of has, uh, it's only like three notes. Yeah, yeah. Like just kind of, just this little guitar thing that he's playing. And um, so like uh, I have a few things. Like w- when I listened to this record, I had, I, I feel like... Uh, Michael Jira was posing questions like, yeah. like for example, what is good even mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote down a few lines from this, just a few things like, uh, he mentions a uh, plastic sex sort of thing, like, oh yeah, sex what's, filled with plastic. What's that exact line? Um, and sex is a void filled with plastic. Yeah, so I, I sort of think that sort of fake love sort of thing, like yeah. And then I, the next one that I wrote down. Verbatim, the president's mouth is a whore. 
Uh, which, yeah, which I think might be the most political he's gotten, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as far I, as I remember. I don't know, I, I usually... I kind of feel like the, uh, Michael Jewett's kind of an nihilist. Like, 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 when it comes to looking at public action figures like the president, or anyone who's super, um, super, like, a, a public consciousness, he's gonna find, he's gonna be like, they're, they're full of shit. Like, like, everyone's full of shit. Yeah, I'm curious if he even thinks about them at all. Like yeah, if, yeah. If people like that just kind of cross his mind at any given point. And so, like I said, like after this chorus, there's a bit of a, like, a bit of a twinkling little, you know, sounds here and there, and then we have the chorus and this, this big cacophony of sounds going, amnesia, and then, yeah. and then at the end, there's a sample that comes in that it's either like a hysterical laughing or a dog like crying. It's laughing. Okay. Because right. it, it's, uh, it's two people, Swan and Cersei Jira. So I don't know if those are his kids. Oh, that sounds like it could be his kids because it sounds... But what it was, I was like, that's fucking wild. <laughs> this is also not the first time they sampled laughter. Oh, yeah? Okay. Like, not... Uh, this is the only time on this album, but they do it on To Be Kind. Okay. And it comes in and it, like, it's such a weird song on To Be Kind where it's like, I can't gauge what kind of laughter it is on this or why they're laughing. Mm-hmm. On the previous album, it sounds like people laughing at you. Oh, okay. At like, you? Yeah. At you. Like, it's such an uncomfortable vibe on that <laughs> song. And then you got Michael Jira putting on this almost like a baby voice yeah. saying, like, I'm a little boy while people are laughing at him. It is so uncomfortable. And you're like, this is, I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay. I love it. Like, I am all in on swans. Okay. Uh, I'm going to show it to you at some point. Okay. <laughs> That'll be the one you're going to be like, Ryan, what the fuck did you show me? <laughs> and so after um, Amnesia, we get to Leaving Meaning. The titular track. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I felt like this song built a lot of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And the questions I have this, what is meaning? Is it full of worth? Like, do we even really need to uh to find the truth in everything yeah is, is that, that the it yeah. of this song that he keeps mentioning because yeah. it's i can see it but not see it yeah i can feel it but not keep yeah it. a lot of that and i felt like halfway through the song it does those things that songs i like it sort of explains itself like at the end he's like you know well fuck it why do we need to know why can't we just why can't we just be there yeah um and this had less instrumentation all throughout this song it was um it was probably my favorite when I first heard it. Okay. Yeah. Like this the, is another one of those ones that has the um, just kind of guitar and background layers. Yeah. Like it's very kind of singer songwritery. Yeah, just a, sort of a, a song, I guess. But like m- most of these songs, like I said, avant as fuck. Like they have a chorus, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> this is also one of the longer songs on the album. Yeah, twelve minutes. Right? And so, somehow it still feels shorter than yeah. the Hanging oh, Man. Like I love the Hanging Man, but this song, like. The it's, weirdest with it is the first time I see that dichotomy, like, uh-huh. like, like, you know, four syllables, four syllables. Or, and yeah, he, he is a very specific, just kind of like, I'm going to sing every line in a song the same way, and then he builds his lyrics around that amount of syllables. I do like that, though. Like, I like, do, too. Yeah, like, yeah. It works out pretty well. And then he just goes crazy and forgets about whatever syllables he's doing. So the craziest song in this record is the next one, Sunfucker. Oh my god, I love Sunfucker. Okay, well, so let's, yeah, let's move on to Sunfucker. Okay, so Homie talks a lot about the sun in, in this record, sun and the and stars. Like he talks what? about the sun, stars, moon, milk, disgorging. <laughs> um, hold on, I wrote it down on uh, one a of lot the later of, songs. Yeah, yeah, cutting, uh, like you know, cut, cutting, uh, tearing, yeah. ripping. <laughs> yeah, he, he. It's not so much that he like repeats himself, mm-hmm. but it does. It kind of makes the album feel kind of self-referential, where it's oh, like yeah. he sings a whole song about the sun, and then later on he's like, "Well, I'm going to do this stuff to the sun," and you're like, "Oh shit!" So what I got from Sunfucker is like when you said ritualistic, 
this is the song where he is in a you know a Mesoamerican like like sun pyramid. Yeah, and this is what this is about. Like, and his wife shows up at the end. Who who shows up as the sun fucker? Like like yeah yeah. Um, so it um, has the best track name. I'll give it that. Sunfucker? Yeah, and it's I, like, try not to, like, walk around work uh, <laughs> on Monday just thinking, ah, worship, sun, fucker. So, um, oh, also, sorry, we're going to be saying the fuck word oh, a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, and this, this song. Especially. especially this song. Yeah, so uh, I like some lines like, true eater, true blindness, uh, mm-hmm. uh, come back, falls in the head. Like, like, like this song has a general sense of unease. Yeah, well, because it has this, it's one of those weird ones that it has kind of a weird pulse to it, and Mm -hmm. you get this kind of like, for half the song, and then once all that, like, it builds up this really kind of dissonant drone, Uh and then it all drops out, and it's super relieving, Yeah, 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 yeah. and then it starts to rock. Yeah, and I, I love when all like the drums and stuff yeah. kick in, and you're like, "All right." Yeah, cool. I was like, I was like, it's the whole song. Then it starts to be like, oh, "Okay, not head nodding time," and that's when uh, Michael's wife, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, she comes in and as reveals herself as the sun fucker, as the object of uh, real worship. Yeah, and again, this song, lots of to, terms of worship in this record. And I feel like the background music in like the opening half of the song mm-hmm. sounds like it would be in like a horror movie. Oh, like yeah. images of like Hereditary or Midsummer oh, popped into fuck my head. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. It sounds very kind of like primal and like human and ritualistic. Like it's so weird. Like it sounds like you just walked into some weird cult thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we move on to Cathedrals of Heaven. Right. Um, it starts out with um, you know, like uh, again. It's, it's another one of the kind of guitar background layers being built. This one also has a lot of uh, references to uh, God, I guess, the uh-huh. first one. Like, for really? Example, in a song called Cathedrals of yeah, Heaven? Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, like, like what I thought is, like, maybe he believes in God, but if he does, he's not necessarily a fan of him. Because he has the term, if God is around. Yeah. You know? This one had some pretty good lines. I liked the... Um, I, he likes to also, like, mix themes together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I love, because it's... It, maybe it's a song about God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a song about like uh, a relationship. Yeah. Because you've got the line about like my tongue will turn black from tasting your spit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, and then God's between like when you're kissing me, you're kissing God, or yeah. what was the exact line? Yeah, something like God's. If God is around, it's he, him we're kissing, maybe. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, I just love like his <clears throat> mixing of themes yeah. where it's like, all right, now think of religion in the context of a relationship. Yeah. Think yeah. of God. In this context, and it's not just like you have a whole song exploring God. It's like mm-hmm. okay, because you know themes like this are a lot more complex than yeah, like just talking about that one thing because it plays into other stuff. And then we fall or find ourselves in the song called "The Nub," which uh, the the singer on this one is the Nub. <laughs> yeah, I know the singer on this one is uh, Baby D. She's a street performer, been around since the seventies, but I think she released her first record in nineteen ninety two or something. Oh, really? She's like sixty five, six seven. Uh, and <clears throat> what I read about this song is that um, Michael didn't know how to add lyrics to this song until he had a vision or a thought of Baby D floating through space in diapers. Okay. Right, and I mean. This song has a, a contribution from Baby D and The Neck, I think. Um, yeah, neck. I think The Neck is like the band on yeah. this song. And so this song is far from mainstream, 
far from like everything on this record far from mainstream. But yeah, but this one, this one, and my Phantom Limb especially. Yeah, this song reminded me of a Leaving Meaning with the dichotomy of lines like this and this. Right. Yeah, and um, I, <clears throat> I, I would probably say this is my least favorite song. Of the Same. Record. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wrote. I'm not too much of a fan of this one. Like, there's not enough change, and yeah. it's kind of like repetitive in a bad way. I do have. I do like this line. White horses. They're screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah but other than that, like, like. It was a big big noise as long jam thing, but I didn't I didn't do a whole lot for me this song. I Me mean, and it's another long one. Like I think yeah. it's close to ten to twelve yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also got the least lyrics on the whole album. Yeah, yeah. Like Everything it only else... takes it only takes up a couple of lines on the lyric book. Yeah. Um, and then she has this weird like poltergeist like effect, like when the girl's <laughs> stuck in the TV like, on, <laughs> yeah, her, yeah. on her voice. Yeah, yeah, throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole song, and it's. I don't know. Uh, it it doesn't work for me. I don't think it's necessarily a bad song. It's doing interesting things, but it's just it's not a song that I wasn't I wasn't feeling it. It's yeah. a weird kind of like midpoint of the album. And so then we come to it's coming. It's real, right? Which um, I think is the closest we'll get to a single on this album, just yeah. because it was released separately from the album. And uh, also, he brings in stuff like he brings up oil and rust, also a theme in this song. Yep. And throughout the whole record, brings in stuff like like he gleans a lot to you know. Nasty things, I guess. That's mm-hmm. the way I put it. oil rust or decay. Right? right. Um This song has a line I really like, which is a uh, stand still on the edge of a greased precipice. Yeah, yeah. Of just like I don't know. There's something really cool about that the imagery true. of like you need to stand still on the edge of something that's hard to stand. I felt this basically. was almost like him reflecting on what he has left in his life, like the mm-hmm. final twilight years. Yeah. But then he, a lot of things, he he says mindless a lot in the song, mindless. And not like out of his mind. Right. But mindless, like like a Buddhist concept of, you know, being present and not in your mind. Yeah, like cleared your mind. Yeah, and so I feel like, I feel like this, if I'm thinking about super like, like you know, into it, like. You like, should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, back to Buddha and the second song when he mentions Buddha and the mindless part of this. Like, like I feel like he's sort of, he's he says it a lot throughout this song. The, yeah. The astro part is saying mindless quite a bit. Um, and it's something I always, I focused on when I saw it, mindless. Mm-hmm. And not like, not like out of mind. Like I said, just sort of like the absence of mind. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a, it's a cool song. I really yeah. like, like the backing vocals mm-hmm. on this. I think they add a really cool layer to it. Um... Honestly, if I were to, like, show somebody uh, who, like, I'm not really trying to get into Swan, yeah. it's like, I'd maybe, like, throw this on a playlist of, like, oh, you'd probably like this song. Yeah, you'd enjoy this in some way, yeah. For someone who's not really looking to, like, super explore kind of weird, crazy music, but just, like, oh, I need something good. And... Like someone who saw Mud's Midsummer and didn't know anything else about Midsummer. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, here, well, maybe check out this song. I think it's a just decent song. And so the next one is Some New Things, right? Yeah, and this is kind of another uh, like rockin' yeah, yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, it plays with it is, like, and here's what I have is words that are piece never and there, which is pretty like like proverb, but like, uh-huh. adverb, but like there, like he's never and like dichotomy in this a lot too. Um, and I have the words like like always lost, rip, tear, cut, st- and then mentions nav, nav, knife, and stabbing and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, he also has another thing that shows up a lot on this album is like the uh, bind imagery. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of songs like he's bound up, you're bound up. Uh, this song has something about locked and yeah, that's yeah, binding someone yeah. up. 
It oh. also mentions uh, it's the second mention on the album of like a glowing man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which I I want to know what's up with <laughs> the glowing man. The glowing, glowing half man even. Well, there's glowing half man on an earlier <laughs> one. This one has glowing man. They've named an album the glowing man. The one before this is called the glowing man. So you'd, you'd like to have a conversation with Gajira says. What is up with the going man? Yeah, explain it to me. Like it, maybe it's some sort of I, enlightened kind yeah, of thing. I do Does he like, see himself yeah. as a glowing man with? I because he's kind of throwing some philosophy out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a lot, lot of this stuff, like maybe being in his mindset, of existence. Being like a he talks man. a lot about existence in this record. Uh huh. The last uh, outro, where he says, "Let it out," and then he goes, "Let it out," and then it turns out, "Let him out," which I thought was interesting of the change in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this song definitely made me realize, like, I might like the kind of rocking songs, a little, the the more like kind of driving force songs. And on he this plays album with his more. with his voice quite a bit in the outro. Yeah, yeah. He sort of explores the outer rims of this thing he's coloring in. You know. Yeah, I love in the lyric book on this one. It ends with uh, parentheses continues unintelligible, <laughs> which is like. Although, on listening to it, it doesn't really continue unintelligible. He's obviously just continuing on with let it out yeah. of your mouth. Let it out of your... Like, he just keeps yeah, saying that. Yeah, and then let, not, him, let it out, and then let him out. Exactly. Um, then we get into my favorite song on the record, which is, what is this? Oh, really? That's my favorite song. This is the one I kind of started to notice. Well, I notice it throughout, yeah. but this song has the milk imagery again, has the sun imagery, has the disgorge imagery. Yeah. I said lots of star talk, sun talk. <laughs> yeah, lots of star talk. It's 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 kind of happy even. Like at least uh-huh. in the very first verse, you sort of get this feeling that he, he's feeling like like lo- he's like letting his love out to everyone. Mm-hmm. Which is not something you think of when you hear Michael Garrett sing or look at him. No. But um <laughs> but I, I like some of the lines in this song, the song, like drift through stone, is sort of an idea to think about. Like, yeah. like when you, when you drift through something, it's something you're softly, slowly going through. But then drift through stone, it's like it's basically saying like I'm going through anything. It's nothing stopping. Me. Exactly. You know? I loved the line. Uh, what can you do to prove you exist? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I, he's contemplating existence again. Like yeah, that, exactly. <clears throat> nothing in the last part of it. Nothing helps you become nothing. I really <laughs> like that too. I was really into like. Like, like I said, what is this? Question mark. A lot of these songs bring up questions. Yeah, it's yeah. a very questioning album. Yeah, but like he's not asking the questions, but it makes you ask these questions, which I thought was really cool. That mm-hmm. that you're sort of you're the one asking questions and not necessarily not necessarily needing an answer. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like Plato or something like or a Socrates. You know, it's yeah. a question with the question sort of thing. Like I got that sort of from this. Yeah, you're getting kind of you're watching somebody kind of explore their own philosophy yeah yeah and it i don't know if he's asking you to do it but it it almost forces you to kind of like explore your own and this is this is in in the general sense a song not necessarily a piece like some of these songs are Mm -hmm. like some of these pieces are but this is a definite song it's got oh yeah it's got you know guitar that i guess a riff in (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and that finally brings us to the last on the record which is kind of like a spoken word piece even yeah with it seems like three Michael Jiras speaking at the same time yeah, at there, different speeds. There were a few lines that made me smile a little bit. Like cre- he says, you know, I'm creaming avatar of your semen. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that one down. Um, mindless is a lot of, shows up in the song too. The, oh, does it? Yeah, the mindless, uh, the mindlessness even. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, I was, I was into that. Like, like it's something that I could come back to when I was thinking about uh, the Swans records that turn mindlessness or mindless. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I like it so much. It's I don't know. It's a cool yeah, term. There's always something cool to pick up on yeah. on a Swans album. This and, one actually sounds 
the closest to what their old stuff sounded oh, like. Oh, yeah? Okay. You, you just kind of got that, like, it's very off-kilter. Uh-huh. Um, he's kind of, like, talk singing, whatever. It does feel spoken word. It's very, it's pretty simple. Just kind of got that very steady pulse to it. And he uh, used the term sacred a lot in this song, like sex is sacred. Uh-huh. F- or fucking is sacred, sorry. Yep. <laughs> a lot of stuff is sacred. Uh, everything is sacred. Yeah. Mindlessness is sacred. Silence is sacred. I kind of uh, feel like he also... The wounded child is sacred. The murdering man is sacred. The imbecile is sacred. Uh, what, what I got from this is that uh, Michael Jira's... He can't find the escape. Mm-mm. Everything, everything is... He realizes he can't escape. All this stuff is there. There's nothing he can do about it. And so he's just saying things that, I guess, that that are true, that, that will never leave him as a person. Yeah. And you also get this kind of vibe of... with everything being sacred like you know everybody's kind of on a even playing field with stuff like you're not above anybody or anything like that just because like oh this person's stupid or this person's mindless uh you're not better than them yeah and uh i thought it was a pretty good closing track even like like the way it it sort of it sort of draws you out a little bit because you know you're surrounded by all this shit in the middle of the record yeah and then the ending is sort of like okay i'm pushing you away a little bit uh, the song and it's a spoken word mostly. Yeah, and I I liked I liked the end. It's a, I, one of the things I liked. Opening track was direct to me. Couldn't get better with these songs. These oh pieces. yeah. Well, this one was another one similar to the Hanging Man. Yeah. That it, it just kind of stands alone. There's yeah. nothing else like it on this album. Oh no, no, no. Um, it it's had great lines. It has the most lyrics for being one of the shorter songs. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the second shortest song on the like album. I think it's like six minutes or something like that? May, I think it barely breaks five. Okay. Um, but yeah, you've got the I'm the Avatar of Your Semen. He's <laughs> got this idea of kind of like ever-reaching, ever-seeking. Okay, I find the whole thing. Ever-reaching, ever-seeking, ever-watching your mind unwind. We should probably mention that the uh, CD and LP have different track uh, orders, right? Uh, it's different track orders, and then they completely take off some new things. So, yeah, if you're wanting to hear the whole complete piece, I'd recommend, I guess, buying a CD or listening to it on Spotify digitally. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's worth owning the LP. Yeah, the LP is um, pretty cool. Because I mean, you still get some cool stuff out of it. Yeah, and I th- and who doesn't like the big artwork? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Although this artwork's not super fancy or anything. But it's pretty cool. I mean, um, you showed it to me. It has a little poster inside. And, oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah. a little lyric book, and you get pictures of all the people. Uh, one more thing to finish up on Phantom Limb. Uh-huh. I love one of the lines in it is, uh, through you I create myself. You are my one annihilating thought. And that's cool. Right? That, like, it's just a lot of like really cool lines. I feel like Michael Jira has, does a really good job of like once on every album. It's like he'll say something and it just sticks with me. And that it's like one annihilating thought. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's a cool line. It's like I could just think about that for a while. Whether I agree with it or not is just like, yeah, that's that's a cool and line, I, and you can like the lyrics in this. A lot of this you can not twist it, but sort of apply it to yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and that I didn't expect that from Swan's record, honestly. Yeah. Uh, as avant as it is, it has a lot of uni- universal themes. Oh, exactly. Which, like, uh, which... I I feel like Michael Jira does a really good job of he's thinking deeply about relatable stuff. Uh-huh. Like it doesn't come off as pretentious or anything it's just like a relatively normal guy just really diving into the just the human experience Mm -hmm. and it's i don't know it's interesting so there's a lot of relatable stuff there whether uh whether you have some 
crazy life or not. So since you're a fan of Swans, where do you rate this in their discography? It's hard with them, mostly because they've got so many freaking albums. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one honestly sits pretty solidly kind of at the middle of the mm-hmm. pack. Okay. Of the stuff I've heard and the stuff that's stuck with me. Um, I'm really interested into where they go. Because mm-hmm. similar to their last iteration of the band, right. I don't really like My Father Will Guide Me Up a Rope to the Sky. Yeah. I love that line, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it like, hints at what's going to happen with the seer and To Be Kind and the okay. Glowing Man. This hints at a lot of really, really cool stuff. So if oh, he sure. continues on with this collaboration thing, I think they could it could go really cool places. But this one's kind of... I feel like this one's it didn't it doesn't stumble, mm-hmm. but I think the collaborators need to be more comfortable with collaborating with yeah. Jira and he needs to be I don't know if he's uncomfortable, but he needs to maybe like let his songs go a little bit more. Okay. Like they did with the the previous band, like I was mentioning with the demos versus the final oh, version. Sort of, sort of uh, forming a unit. Yeah, because yeah, okay. now it kind of seems like here's my guitar and vocal tracks. Do what you will. Yeah, and most people just settled on making some kind of background shimmery noise yeah. when it's like, I feel like a lot of these people could have worked closer with each other. Like, mm-hmm. all right, we've got a week or so, let's put a song together. Yeah, I liked um, I liked it for the most part. I've, I've seen myself revisiting it. Yeah. But um, I guess let's move on to Richard Dawson. I think we should. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't, middle of the pack for this okay, yeah, for this pack. one I don't know if I have much of a rating for it okay. simply because they have so many albums so many places to go and my moods are often different when I'm in a swans mood but yeah. it it maybe sits right where uh, my father will guide me up a rope to the sky okay. sits so what do I know about Richard Dawson I know he's an English uh, folk singer he, okay. it, um, it, he has two notable records um, one being a uh, one was the last one called Peasant, which is, um, it's a, it's like a neo medieval, so pack of songs like I said about wizards and and like kings and kingdoms and stuff. I think it sounds cool. Yeah, if, yeah. If it's good, I'll probably send it along to some of my medieval historian friends. Oh yeah, um, and so, uh, he's um, he so like he has like a few re- records, but it's all about peasant and the new one, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and. They call him a folk singer, and I couldn't imagine this being further from folk, honestly. Like, really? Yeah, it's it's definitely not a folk record in the traditional sense of the word. Um, I, I kind of want to keep my thoughts to myself about it until we both hear it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I fucking love it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm really excited. Like it's interesting in a, a way different way than, than Swans is. Uh-huh. Um, it's very funny too. There's lots of funny stuff in this record. Interesting. You'll be able to hear of it. You'll look at the lyrics as we go through it. But um, Richard Dawson, not not the uh, not the '70s Family Feud host. Okay. This bummer. Is, yeah, bummer, right? <laughs> and yeah, I think he's dead too. But um, <laughs> Richard Dawson is just an English single singer songwriter, and uh, this this is uh, the one that Pitchfork gave the best music tag, which I avoided in the first place until I had a buddy of mine whose opinions I really respect. Uh-huh. Say, hey man, this record, it was made for you. Really? Yeah, so uh, we're going to go through it. And um, Richard Dawson's 2020, and we'll be back in a second. All right, see you soon. So that was Richard Dawson's 2020. That was interesting. Yeah. yeah. I actually I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it's definitely not like, there's nothing I've ever heard, honestly, this record. No, I, that's what I wrote. I said it's very, very singular. Yeah, like, right? I haven't heard anything like it before, but it's like I've 
I caught glimpses of things I've heard before. Yeah, yeah. But it felt very much just like, what if we did a traditional, like, English folk album, but through the lens of 2019, 2020? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, this has a lot of, I guess the best way to put it is hyper-modern, because all the things that mention in it are stuff that happens today, tomorrow, yeah. even, you know, 2020. Like, exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's... What did I write? It was like, um, it's song, like it's really contemporary. Yeah. Like it's songs about modern life, but it's not, it's not really like criticizing it too much. Like there are some things that are there, but it's kind of like, it's a very realistic yeah, and a lot view of, it, of how things actually are. Yeah, it's made, it makes you wondering if, he, if he's um, just bringing light to it, not necessarily... And I don't know if a lot of someone's trying to say something, but sort of like, this is what it's like in this today for this person. Yeah, uh, exactly. It felt very, um, like it was distancing itself from a lot of folk music, which is very kind of, it seems like it exists almost in its own bubble of like, it's romantic and nature and yeah. all those things. And it's like, well, that's just not... That's not an accurate representation of what your life is actually like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, yeah, yeah, your life is driving to work. Or yeah, you go to the vape shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go to Nando's. You go to all these places. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's almost like it's trying to be more authentic yeah. than folk music, which I feel like a lot of people in folk music are trying to like capture authenticity. Yeah, but I they're think, not being authentic with I it. I think this was pretty authentic, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll go through the first the songs real quick. Um. Civil Servant is the first one. Yeah, and I think this song had a very just strong opening for the album. Oh yeah, it's it was anthematic even mm -hmm. describing all the working stiffs. You know, like yeah, exactly. There was uh, I don't think I can deal with the wrath of the general public. Yeah, it's like yep, yeah. been there. Or uh, I, oh, I, where is it? They talking about fobs and you know, uh, one of the things that I thought was um, interesting is the song sort of um, was kind of. If I had to say critical about something in the song, it was late stage capitalism. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I mean that—that's a on like two songs on here. The other yeah. one being fulfillment center. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's critical of I don't capitalism. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not critical of the people in it. Like, no. it's not blaming the working stuff. But but I could, yeah, it's not blaming. It's just showing this is what life is like for a lot of people. Yeah, I liked the, I can't listen anymore to the bleeding of the terminally depressed, or the stream of opinions from the creep in the office next <laughs> yeah, to yeah, mine. Yeah. I dream of bashing his skull into a brainy pulp with a sellotape dispenser. <laughs> yeah, like, it it's was... Like, um, been there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, that, the a lot, of, a lot of parts of these songs are pretty funny, but then he comes back with a line. It's kind of biting after that. Right. Um, like, uh, you know, it, like, like for example, at the end of the song, it goes from funny to sad pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Um, but but I like the idea of calling in sick to work, but sick to my soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I noticed on this album is a lot of the instruments just kind of have an interesting like timbre to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like the, a lot of, like it sounds like a lot of double bass or even plucked uh, classical instruments in this, right? Yeah. Did you hear that? Or the um, the guitar in it is like. It sounds like he's playing almost like an acoustic guitar, but also like it's very kind of fed through like an overdrive pedal. Yeah. Like he's like almost like he just shoved a microphone in into his, a, into his acoustic guitar and put it through so a cheap amp or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it's it's dirty. 
is what it sounds yeah. like. I, I like that dirtiness of it. I liked the uh, guitar solo in this song. Yeah. It's just kind of like, it's pretty much just like weird sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of how I play guitar solos because I can't play guitar. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, I just hit all the, hit all the sounds yeah, on yeah, my like, thing. Like, this is, a sa- this is a guitar solo, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that brings us to the next song, The Queen's Head, which is really kind of, it seems it's about like, um, a story about like, the merge being the mercy of nature and what it does to, you know, a town. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like there was a strong sense of community even though they don't really I mean, talk to each other. It's where they, they, they go from... They, they heals from mentioning xenophobia uh-huh. to, to unity. You know, yeah. like coming together. Um, uh, one thing I have to say about all of this uh, songs in this record is a very interesting vocal pattern and melody. Um, yeah. It's a... Sometimes it's like he's powering through it ignorantly, or he's just, or he's just, he's trying to fit all these things into this song. Exactly. Well, one thing about like the xenophobia and then the unity, mm-hmm. it reminds me. You, you've read like the comic version of Watchmen, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The that whole thing was based on a quote that somebody had that was, "We'll never achieve world peace unless there's like an alien attack yeah, or something like that." But basically, it was like some big force outside of us that forces us to work together. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. Was what, Actually, one of my favorite parts of the song is where they're talking about the guy who had the vape shop and he was in a kayak and he was smiling or right. cheerily, saying, I've lost everything apart with counts and he points to his dogs who are in the kayak with him and his heart. And I was like, I just really like that one. Yeah, it, I liked this song a lot. It had a weird kind of like 90s synth break. Oh yeah, at yeah. Some the, point. Th- that happens quite a few times. The record you hear that that 90s uh, the cheesy synth, which I really liked. Actually. Yeah, I did too. Like it, a lot of it just kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's like just really interesting flavors of stuff you wouldn't expect. There's like mm-hmm. a vocoder shows up a lot on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a way like, to separate itself from the other folk records that sound nothing like this. No, there's just I, mean, I haven't heard anything like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, which brings us into Two Halves, which is about a game of foot and footy, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> a soccer it's, game. yeah it's like just... A, I mean, it seems like it's just a song about soccer. Um, but, I don't know, stuff worrying about like disappointing your dad because yeah. you're not doing well enough. Your dad's trying something. to hide it. And then you sort of wonder, his dad sort of brushes off the horrible day you've had by saying, do you want fish and chips or do you want... Chinese takeout. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You you do start to wonder if he's projecting the disappointment like onto his dad. Like, oh, my dad's gonna be disappointed in yeah. me. Yeah, and, and his dad's saying, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but I like this one. I think on this whole album, I really like. I guess like the language he's using. Like, he's not very like flowery with no, stuff. No, like, it's all just it's all just seems like very common stuff. Like once again, kind of setting itself apart from most folk music. Yeah, is it's just like it just sounds like some dude talking like yeah. he's using he's using slang for stuff yeah it's um, easy to understand what he's saying you're not having yeah. to dig too deep even though like he i mean it's very like british slang oh yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like I, you still understand most of it and so uh, one of the things i liked about the song is that around the third day of course it got kind of quiet all of uh-huh. a sudden it was uh, just got strangely quiet and you can hear that double bass plucking away in that one. yeah and i really like that does he play everything on this album I actually... I was looking at the credits on here. Oh, yeah, he does, he does. Yeah. yeah, all songs written and played by Richard Dawson. Yeah, yeah. And I was, like, looking for who his band was, and I was like, no. oh, it's nobody. Yeah. So it's like, he's just playing... So he's he's not bad. No, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which brings us on to Jogging, which, uh, to me, was about a song about agoraphobia or, or anxiety. 
Well, definitely anxiety. Because he says it. He says it in the first line. So, um, I really like the, how this started out with Dirty Guitar. Like, like, oh, yeah. like a lot of songs start out with Guitar. And he talks about Zupla, which is, I guess, like, Arzillo saying his songs, Houses He'll Never Live In, you know? Yeah, it just, jogging was his way to kind of deal with anxiety and stuff like that. Uh, but he went through a lot of normal things fuck him up. Like, the getting checked out by the lady at the grocery store. And she oh, sort yeah. of, like, mutters or tuts under her breath. And he's like... Like, from the next week, he's fucked up, you know? Yeah, exactly. I liked that one. I also like the <laughs> sneaking an ugly word into Wonderwall, yeah. that musker. <laughs> yeah, what's the exact line? It is... Oh, God, where did it go? Here we go. Uh, I know I must be paranoid. Uh, this morning in Memorial Park, I thought I caught a busker sneak an ugly word into Wonderwall <laughs> as I went by. <laughs> I like that. Um... I, well, I like all his, like, he's talking about his anxieties that are all, it's all pretty, like, innocuous shit. Yeah. And then it gets to, like, but then they're, like, there's real problems because the Kurdish family on the ground floor and a brick put oh, through yeah, their window yeah. and just nothing happens. Yeah, I said, I said like, uh, this song points out the darkness that everyone sees but not talking about. Yeah. And, it, and then at the end it talks about, you know, sponsor me for the running marathon because he cannot run enough to get the anxiety to go away. Exactly. That's how I got, you <laughs> yeah. know? Even for noble causes, like, you know, like, like everyone's talking about, oh, we're so good, we're so noble. Uh, yeah, it's been for that Kurdish family get the brick to their fucking window just the verse before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I liked that song a lot. Um, and, the, and we get to Heart Emoji. Heart Emoji, which I thought was a pretty kind of heartbreaking song, even. It is. Yeah. Like, it took me a couple li- uh, times, like, reading the last couple things. Yeah. Um, it's about his partner cheating on him. Yeah, and then contemplating murdering him. Yeah. Uh, had some really interesting uh, lines in this, like talking about the, the light from the text, silhouetting a spider. Uh-huh. I really like that. Um, Just another one of those, like, if you want to point at, like, some, like, kind of literary-type writing uh-huh. that's close to it, yeah, but the, it's still talking about something modern where yeah. it's, like, the light from a text. Yeah, your heart phone emoji. Is, yeah, yeah, your phone is lighting up with a heart, or their phone is lighting up with a heart emoji, not like, oh, the silhouette from the light across the bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some like Great Gatsby or something like that, but it's like, no, this is this yeah. is now. Yeah, and uh, I really thought it was interesting um, because at the end of the song, I'm not giving away, he, he talks about grabbing a, a kitchen knife to stab his partner in the heart but he, he's more horrified by stepping on the slug that was behind yeah. him that was the part I had to keep rereading because I was like wait did he kill his partner no he's no no, no he grabbed it from the dishwasher yeah, yeah. to go do that yeah and he he's horrified the horror of stepping on a slug yeah like, not, not not the fact that, that you were that's just how fucking sociopathic homicide. he yeah. is um and then we uh, go into Black uh, Black Triangle, which has a random cheesy synth in it. <laughs> yeah, this is actually my favorite song oh, on yeah. the album. So, uh, what did you get out of this song? I mean... Well, I, I'm pretty sure it is a song about uh, the Movies That Don't Suck podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where you and Neil saw UFO. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I like... It kind of has this like little jam before stuff starts. And then it has a story, which it says about UFO songs, but I got some more about Obsession. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Or yeah. just maybe not wanting to let something go. Like, okay, cool, you saw UFO once, but like... Maybe shut up about it. Neil moved on, and and you lost your wife because of it, you know. Yeah. Um, but hey, I mean, he's still trying to find the silver lining in yeah, there. But yeah. yeah, you've got the part. I think the part where he goes camping, yeah, and stuff like that, and realizes he, you know, has a daughter in his life. Maybe isn't all that 
terrible at the moment. Um, but then he that thing happens and it confirms his obsession. No, this, the black triangle disappears. It's gone. Oh. He's done thinking about it. He moved on. Okay. Uh, that is I, how I got it. See, now I'm agreeing with you. Okay. <laughs> um, so one of the things I noticed about this record that lots of specific brands, like, you know, Jaguar, uh, Dr. Pepper. YouTube. YouTube. Uh, they're all mentioned in these songs, mm-hmm. which brings that, like you said earlier, the modernism of it. Like, like it brings you to this time. Yeah, I mean, you can't escape, like, the inherent branding in just our world around us at this point. So, uh, after you Black Triangle... Oh, sorry, this one ends... Or, not ends, the part between a good guy called Rob and (laughs) Thank God Our Daughter's Too Young to Understand, it goes into, like, an almost, like, Hawkwind jam. I don't know if you ever (laughs) listen to Hawkwind, but it's, like... It's cool, because Hawkwind is what you call, like, a space rock band. Yeah, yeah. And it's a song about UFOs that goes into, like, a space rock jam. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you like the jams in the songs, don't you? And that, I just, I mean, you know how I am songs are under five minutes. Like, yeah. the next one that we're talking about, Fulfillment Center, is ten. The song's so long. <laughs> yeah, it's so long. But it has a lot to I say. I like it. There's a lot going on in this song. I like this one a lot, So, actually. Fulfillment Center is about Amazon Fulfillment Center. Pretty um, much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, the one time he doesn't say a specific brand, yeah, 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 for like a fulfillment center, but maybe he's just like, uh, Amazon will probably have someone come murder me. So when I first lost my job mm-hmm. up here, I actually I went to Amazon. I got a badge printed and everything. I was gonna work at a fulfillment center until I got an offer somewhere else. Thank God, by the way. Um, but there's you know one down. 10 minutes that way yeah and I've, I, heard, I've heard they're a nightmare yeah it's in the, it, I was I remember I was getting a phone interview from the other place that I'm working at now which I love by the way <laughs> in the parking lot of the Amazon Fulfillment Center before they came and gave like orientation I remember walking in there and they gave everyone a drug test but it was a drug test that it was the kind where your spit so you tell that day what you've done uh-huh. and once they missed the drug test I saw like 16 people walk out oh <laughs> like, my god like, but they're hiring in mass yeah you know and so I knew like Oh fuck! You know, like like this is gonna suck, and uh, you know they were saying, "Well, what time would you like to work at?" And like it was like mid afternoon to late, like like two in the morning. There was it was weird, and I was like, "It's like well, it's a job, right?" Like, but I noticed how how much you were not an employee, just someone who's gonna be there for a little bit because oh yeah, because you're. One of the faceless, ma- like faceless, massive people. It's either you're gonna quit or you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, and so I, so this is about working in one. Um, and this is pretty much exactly what I've heard the stories are like. Yeah, I've t- known a couple people who have worked in ones or similar type things, and it's like I've yet to see somebody make it more than six months in one of those. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I know plenty of people that that have just been there. Like yeah, I worked in Amazon for a time. You know, yeah, right? and. Uh, it shows like the callousness of the work you're doing, how uh, how fucking horrible it is for people who work there. And then I'm looking around my room at all the shit I got from Amazon. Yeah, I'll, I can't remember the last thing I ordered from Amazon, but I did watch a movie on Amazon Prime like two nights ago. Yeah, I'd be okay if that's all they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like for example, I'm looking at um these you know these medieval derivations that I have on our wall uh-huh. from Amazon because oh, where the fuck else am I gonna find it? <laughs> so um I. You know, I feel I felt a little guilty. You know, like the, right. you know, knowing that that you know I know this stuff. I'm still ordering from Amazon. You know, but uh, we're all trying to get better. Yeah, we're all trying <laughs> to get better. But this song, ten minutes long, goes through it, and it's it. I the end of the line is like um, end of the song. 
sort of the thesis of the record. Uh huh. Um, says more to life than killing yourself to survive. Yeah. And that was to me like that's somewhat this whole record like, like pretty well like you know. <laughs> uh, we work so hard mm-hmm. just to make it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and just to survive, and we're not spending time living because we can't. Exactly. Because of late stage capitalism. It's fucking Amazon. Uh, although I really like the music in this song. Oh yeah, there are like, lots, I feel like of, the, lots of noodling around in this. Yeah, song. like all the parts kind of interlock with each other in an mm-hmm. interesting way. Um, the vocoder came back and to somehow, do like somehow the... a timid song. It didn't get old. Uh uh-uh. uh No. Although a song that does get old comes up after it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked the vocoder in this song where it. Uh, it sometimes does like a call and response kind of thing. You got yeah. like the almost like the commands he's getting the three hundred units per hour, hour after hour. Please adjust your packing rate accordingly. Oh yeah, with a little uh, like uh, maybe like uh, yeah through the vo- vocal filter. It sounds yeah, like yeah. someone maybe like on an intercom or loudspeaker. Yeah, yeah. And so after uh, that ten minute song, after you're feeling shitty about yourself, uh-huh. well. You know, looking at maybe the possibly the record player I got from Amazon. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, we get into Fresher's Ball, which is probably the softest song on the record. It was this song was the most kind of meh. Oh uh, yeah, for me. It, See, I thought you'd be a, a cool with the the James Carpenter or John Carpenter. Well, reference. of course. I, well, we don't know. They remade the Fog. It could have been the new version. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I hope it was John Carpenter's. Like I was. I mean, obviously, I was stoked so this... about that reference. It just the song was a little boring. But I like. I mean, the words were good though. Yeah, the, it's about basically. I felt like it was about a father driving his dropping his daughter off at university. Yeah. Um, and sort of thinking that's sort of part of it. Oh, it was very empty nest, and then it's like he kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. So he just he gets coffee, he falls asleep to a movie, he he gets pretty happy about a hedgehog he finds in his garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has a crazy dream. Yeah. And then... Just wakes... I, yeah, just then he just wakes takes up a shower and, and goes to five aside. I don't know what a five aside is. I don't know either. It's up. one of the few places... Like, the few places he mentioned, I'm like, damn it, I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's English. Yeah. <laughs> the Scotch Corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... And then we get the, a really short kind of interstitial. I'm not sure why I was even in the record. Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of just sounds like somebody maybe like uncomfortably like shifting in a squeaky chair, yeah. or like a door opening. Yeah, I was looking at you. I was like, is that his chair making that noise? Yeah, <laughs> I I thought it was just kind of like the ending to uh, Fresher's, Fresher's ball. ball. Just kind of like, oh, we left stuff recording while yeah. I like shifted around the room and a little bit. that's possibly what it was. I mean, maybe. Just, just let it seems weird to have it be a, a track. Well, it was called No One. Yeah. So I don't know. No one twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's just. I don't know. There's something there. Probably. <laughs> okay. And so the final song again here is called "Dead Dog in Alleyway." Right. Which from... is about a homeless man. Yeah. That's why I got from it. Like. Oh duh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, <laughs> <laughs> this is my second favorite song on the album. Oh yeah. Um, I like this. I like this one a lot. It's certainly a sad song. But yeah. I, I mean, like it quite a bit. It, uh, sort of comparing this homeless man to a dead dog in alleyway, saying that he's sort of the same thing. Yeah. yeah, and you get a lot of, like, you feel bad for all the people throughout the album. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's so blunt about it. Like like, like, yeah, like you but, said, there's not a whole lot of foul language or misinterpretation going on. Mm-mm. But there's also, like, there, I do like the fact there's a lot of, um, a lot of subtext to be read. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, like... Like, it, a lot of what we're talking about, we're just kind of yeah picking out of the songs, because it's all just very... Plain language. I did this thing. Yeah, I did like this like thing. Vonnegut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like like easy to, easy to read, easy to digest. Um, yeah. So I, I really actually appreciate the non-fire language in this. It it it's not something you hear a whole lot, and he did it with such 
I mean, he was great at it. He's coming at this with just full confidence. Oh, like, yeah. This isn't like he's dipping his toe oh, into yeah, this. He's, it's just he's like, not like, do you guys want to hear my little song? He's like, no, here's my here's my song. Yeah, here's my whole album. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You you feel bad for everyone on the album. Then you get to Dead Dog in the Alleyway, and you're like, oh, wait, this guy actually has it bad. Yeah, he's worse. Like, like, like I mean, there's some bad things. Like, yeah, but... A lot of them obviously live in homes. And... So the, the close of the album with someone who has it the worst is the best because you, you, a lot of people would like to have that office job, you know, where you mm-hmm. where you had that creep next to you who tells like dirty jokes and like you know giving you the weird eyes. Where <laughs> I I would definitely have that than be that homeless guy getting kicked at. By, yeah, he gets the shit beat out. Be of him by basically they said football dicks like yeah. like soccer hooligans or whatever. Yeah. And, um, just assholes going out to bars getting drunk. Yeah, and so like I do like the fact that it goes back to show you how bad it can actually be. Mm-hmm. So uh, that to me that was a great closing track. Like like you said, opening and closing on both records today. Top Fantastic, notch. for yeah. sure. Yeah, I liked this album quite a bit. I do want to go back and check out his... Other um, stuff, yeah. Like the medieval stuff, because I, I know you said it, this is kind of a f- newer sound for Yeah, him, but, the, but... The, the melodies in this did kind of sound like medieval. Like, like Yeah, they said, yeah. they sound very traditional folk, Yeah, Yeah, traditional, cool. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad you liked it. I, I honestly, like, the first time I heard it, I was on a plane over the ocean, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like... I was like, how the fuck did Jareth know this was, like, my favorite thing? <laughs> like, he knew it was for me. It really was, man. And, uh, well, where does this... How many other albums does he have? Uh, three, but the only one I know is Pheasant, and this is better than Pheasant. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah this is this is uh, something that I'll be listening to deep into 2020. Ooh. Ooh. You can only listen to it for 2020, though. Yeah. So, um, if you guys... This will be being released close to 2020. Yeah. And so if you guys this want This was a good album to yeah, kind of wrap up start the year. start the new year, right? You can go ahead and pick this up. Yeah, if you want to get super depressed heading into the new <laughs> yeah. year. But so, that leads us off into uh, what we have planned oh, yeah, yeah. for the next year. Uh, we're going to change things up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, we'll still be doing new records every now and again, but... Yeah, still two albums. Still basic general format, but instead of focusing on new albums that come out it's exclusively gonna be, yeah, yeah yeah it's gonna be themes yeah so we'll have a hat that we draw from that we'll have written some for where we want you to yeah, post comments and tell yeah. us what kind of theme you would like yeah. um we'll draw it from a hat and then that's what we'll base our records around so we can start talking about older stuff so for example like if we're saying ocean you know or ocean or you know water yeah uh, i might go with oceanic vices and i'd 100% bring the mollusk by Ween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's... I'm sure you've been trying to find a way to work Ween. <laughs> oh, for sure. 100%. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, and then four new albums we'll do... Uh, like a new episode? Like a 30-minute episode? Maybe? Yeah, we'll do like what we normally do, yeah. but just for one album and one of us will bring it. Yeah, and uh, that, that won't be... That'll be separate from the episode we release every other week you know yeah it's hopefully something that we can do uh to be a bit quicker mm. about talking about newer stuff because i know it's like one of the earlier episodes we did is like i talked about king gizzard for two hours <laughs> well three months after the album came out oh yeah and, we, and i yeah, i don't want to feel bad that i'm not bringing a new record you know exactly so we're doing that theme uh it was ryan's idea i think it's fucking fantastic so um what else you got going on man uh, I'm also part of a uh, video game book club podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are still 
trying to do a Fable episode. <laughs> We're all busy. I was finishing up school. One guy got married. Um, yeah, life gets annoying. Some right? of us hated hated the game. Oh, how did you feel about Fable? Just quick. Uh, it's fine. I remember when it came out when I was in high school, and everyone was fucking talking about Fable, dude. They're like, different endings, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I think those kind of uh, original Xbox-style games maybe didn't age super well yeah it was kind of like a weird growing period okay and then now it's kind of like Ugh. you have an xbox one uh-huh oh you're one of those guys yeah <laughs> i mean i would for sure have a ps4 and a switch yeah yeah but well, i don't have a huge amount of time yeah. to be playing video games i know right like <laughs> yeah like i like I, have, I have games that I've barely touch i know they're great i just yeah. i don't have time to oh, it's, uh, i'll get around to it so eventually. are you guys what on about? like youtube or spotify uh, yeah YouTube and Spotify? Yep. Just oh, set up. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally just got stuff set up for So it's the called Video Game Book Club? Uh, no, it's called Cool Bandana Guys. Okay. Let me actually look it up on Spotify because I don't know what he posted it as. But I'm pretty sure it's Cool Bandana Guys. And there's. Um, How many episodes do you think there are? Bandana. Just look oh, up. shit. There we are. <laughs> Podcast. Um, right now there are four episodes. Okay. It's Skate 3, Wolfenstein okay. 2, and then Part 1 and 2 of our Game of the Year of 2018. Nice. Which, that'll probably be the next episode uh, after Fable. It'll be the 2019 episode? 2019 Game of the Year, uh, which we talked for a long time. <laughs> yeah, all right. So if you want to listen to a bunch of nerds argue about stuff. And what about you? What do you do? Uh, I do another podcast every week called Moves That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, to me and Neil, who you mentioned earlier in the episode, right. the uh, guy from uh, Black Triangle. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we uh, review movies that are generally new. Like last week, the next one that comes out, I guess it's coming Sunday, but whatever, doesn't matter. Comes out. Uh, we did The Irishman and um, and uh, fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. But mm. both mo- movies that are pr- r- relatively new. Um, and by the way. Both good movies. Nice. Yeah. Wow, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> great movies. Um, but uh, yeah, I do that every week. So, And you can find us everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn. Anywhere you find podcasts, you will find movies that don't suck at something to do. And not to mention this this show, which you can find everywhere as well. Yep. We'll be there. You will be there. So um, this is, uh, this is the episode six of Record Night. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. Have a great new year, and we'll, we'll, we'll see, see you then. See you next time.